<laughs> Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast, where we look to empower and encourage real conversation amongst men everywhere by unpacking topics on self-help, philosophy, and business. Welcome to the Simple Minds Podcast. I'm Conrad Francis. I'm joined today by three distinguished gentlemen. I use that term very loosely. Magic Matt Hannum. Oh, hi, Conrad. Justin Bourne. What's up? And Travis. Hey, hey. <laughs> don't don't <laughs> wait to be introduced, buddy. He didn't. <laughs> he shoved his face full of pizza. Gentlemen, today, I'll get the drink out of the way real quickly. I've got to learn how to say it. It's from Chile. It's a Sauvignon Blanc barrel fermented. Amaya, Amaina, 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 2008. Looks a gem. What's that retail for? A lot. Let's, let's have a try. <laughs> <laughs> One fifty, twenty. Cheers. Cheers. Salute. Oh fuck! That's spectacular. That is good, isn't it? That is nice. It's quite yellow in um, in look, isn't it? Yeah, I don't normally drink or a white. The light in here. Maybe the light. It's not the white that you normally buy at the shop. <laughs> <laughs> this no, is it's, nice. It's a good one. You look, I'll have two, we, we, I'll have two bottles. We've been, <laughs> wow. We've been spoiling people today. There's no, I mean, um, I'm not joking. There's no sort of aftertaste <laughs> really to it, does it? No, it's, it's really good. It's Doesn't, been a, quite a powerful couple of weeks. I didn't know a white <laughs> could taste that good. <laughs> You're 30, mate. That's the difference. <laughs> That's what it is. I ticked that line, that date line. Gentlemen, we're going to, um, we're going <laughs> to delve into. A piece of content which I came across on a recent uh, vacay. Um, I was listening to a, a podcast, well, not a podcast, YouTube, um, of a, a, a yogi master by the name of Sadhguru. And he posed a question to a group of people um, uh, in what, it, what they call the Youth and Truth Forum in the US. And the question was, how many people would follow Jesus today? Now, those that... Those that know the story of Jesus, I'm, I'm a Catholic, um, Matt, I'm speaking for you, but you, so are you. Um, Justin and, and Travis, not so much. Um, the the teachings of, of the Christian church has, has you, would have you believe that there is a second coming of um, a Messiah or Jesus um, at some stage. And there are some people that have said that and and. Sadhguru said that, or suggested that uh, some people, there's a sect in, in the US that believe that it's gonna, that Jesus will reappear or, or come to this planet again in the US. Aside from the the spiritual or the religious connotation of of the revisiting of the, to the planet of someone like a prophet like Jesus, the the issue that that raised was how many people would actually be able to follow somebody um, of you know of 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 his caliber. Um, if he was to turn up, Jesus Christ was followed by twelve people, his disciples, um, when he when he was originally on uh, on planet Earth, um, and of of those twelve disciples, as the story goes, one of them betrayed him, and then he got crucified. So, literally had eleven followers when he first came to the planet two thousand odd years ago. It's a pretty crappy Facebook page, isn't it? Pretty terrible follow. Yeah, from a following, I think I've got, I think I've got him beat already, but. <laughs> 
But um, that you, you've got him beat with your eleven um, burner accounts that you <laughs> that you have just to comment on all your all your posts. Well, the as funny as that is, it, it, it does pose a very interesting question, right? I mean, and without without the the religious tape on, because I don't want the religious hate mail that's going to come on the back end of something like this if it ever got out. The 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 question that I posed to the friends I was with. Um, on the vacation was exactly that, was, you know, if someone like Jesus or someone who you admired or an opportunity that presented itself um, became available and you saw it, would you be able to follow it or him or her um, in your current state? And strangely enough, there was a hell of a lot of reflection, a hell of a lot of silence, um, and a lot of people got to the point where they didn't think they could. And if that's the case, what kind of life are we living and that was been, and that was probably the, the the that was probably the largest part of my reflection is what is the life I'm living? Am I living a life that would allow me to take the opportunity that I I, I would love to have taken, i.e., following someone like a Jesus Christ? If that's what presented itself, um, am I in a position to be able to do that? And I I was I was the only one that said I probably could. And to me, and and there was some very successful people around around me over the, over the holidays and you know it, but yeah that got me thinking about lots of different things you know, what what defines success and and why are we in a world which you know ties us to a financial construct of owing, owing a bank money or paying something somewhere on, on a responsibility level that detracts us from looking at and taking the opportunities that present themselves did you guys watch the video it's only two and a half minutes mm. yeah yeah I think sorry just to add some additional context. So Sadhguru suggested that majority of people wouldn't be able to uproot and move because they're tied down through mortgages, finances, jobs. Yeah, what they owe to the banks, yeah. 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 Not so much jobs. I think it was more around like beyond your job, yeah, the the 30-year mortgage, um, other major commitments that wouldn't allow them the freedom to make an adjustment like a major adjustment in We're life. We're stuck in our own arrangements, yeah. I think the wording he used. So it's a, say, for example, more catastrophically, like our country just all of a sudden end up with a huge um, problem and, and we all needed to leave. Uh, aside from that, like we, we don't have that ability to, to move without um, some pretty significant ties. Yeah, so, so what do we do? I mean, are, are we really setting ourselves up to succeed? What, if we're tying ourselves down that dramatically? Yeah. Well, no, we're not in the simple answer. So then so then, what needs to be, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, I, I asked this question, I mean, I know I know the answer clearly because of the way I live my life from a, from a point of giving myself as much freedom as possible. Clearly. <laughs> well, clearly. I, I know the answer. Uh, Listen to the I language. Am the almighty. I have all the <laughs> They say that there's a second awakening and it's already here. I, but I am awakened. <laughs> I did say, said I did Guru, say, I did said say Guru, I wanted to be a prophet. Sadhguru said um, a USA or Israel, but Conrad firmly believes Perth, Western Australia. A <laughs> um, USA Francis. Listen to what I'm saying, you Muppets. <laughs> oh, now you've got to insult well, us. Oh, when, I, when I first went into business... My major, my major concern was what I was earning, okay? And, and so when I was leaving an organisation which was paying me a sum of money, I, I left 
to join or start a new business, which I needed the anchor of a base of money to to substantiate the, the the level of living I needed from a minimum perspective. And even in that perspective, in that space, that business failed. And so, from that point of time, which was in my early thirties, and to where I am now, I've been whittling away of what I believe I need to exist in this planet, um, and still a large amount of what I need to exist is, you know, food, power. I don't have a mortgage. I don't. I don't have an obligation to paying a mortgage. Um, so all of those things to me, um, the simpler you live your life, the, the the less money you need to earn, which may, which which gives you the ability to think more freely. And when I went into my business, my first business, and I wasn't able to think as freely because I was more responsible for the finances about what I was taking, um, it failed. And what I learned is the less more, the, the less I focused on what I earned the easier it became to think to make the de- and then to make the decisions to then go after what you really, really want. And that and that it, it took a lot of learning to do that, but this question in itself gets you there real quickly. Well, I guess it's that whole idea of the golden handcuffs, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like um, we we pursue a high paying job, we get that high paying job, and then we fill the expenses. Yeah, we, we fill the gap, right? <laughs> fill the gap to meet the level of that higher paying job. And then we become attached to that lifestyle or those commitments. And, um, you know, you, people will get those million dollar plus mortgages and um, and then they, they can't take a step backwards uh, because if they look, you know, want to take a pay cut, well, they can't afford the, the lifestyle that they well, made. And then they don't want to say, then they don't, as we talked about in the last episode, they don't want to be seen as a failure. So they will live unhappily for the next 10 years or whatever until something bursts uh, to justify uh, the house that they bought. Well, this ties ties really, really well into the last episode or last few episodes in the sense that, um, you know, you can learn the easy way, the hard way or through tragedy. Now, the easy way would be to ask yourself this type of question, right? If, if, you, were, if you are a practicing Catholic, then that would be an ideal question to ask yourself because what do you show up in the church to do? Frankly, this is the conversation we had yesterday about me and my business and other opportunities that were around. Like what would it, what would it take yeah. to be able to be on the other side of the world for a while? Yeah. And are you structured so that you could take them and you know, follow that opportunity if it was there? And, and, and that's the, the key crux of it, right? I mean, I'm, so I, I don't want to delve into the, 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 the Christian or the religious teaching here. I really but want to talk about Maybe Jesus is going to the moon. There's no moon. <laughs> the, the, um, that, I mean, we, we're all the businesses here, and I mean, I'm, I'm going to challenge all three of you guys, and this is a big question. If the biggest opportunity, the, the, the opportunity of your dream showed up, are you, are, are you in a position to take it? No, 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 not, no. Have I started to make steps? Oh, not, yes. not from the, yes. <laughs> not, not apart from the, the option CD or whatever it is to walk away. So I, I could walk Correct. away. I could, I could leave and there would be an element of hope that everything would survive the right way. And, and it would to an extent, whatever that looks like, I'm not sure, but it would. But not not completely, no. Not without impacting it. What, what needs <laughs> to might change? It'd be better what, without what, me. So probably. what needs to change? Because, I mean, are we not then just chasing a fucking absolute fallacy? I think first and foremost, which um, 
I've come to huge realization in the last six to 12 months is understanding your finances and um, understanding how much you spend, what your lifestyle really needs to be, all those type of things and, and um, understanding what that looks like and being realistic about it and understanding where you need to maybe cut back and live within your, your, your means. And um, I also feel like, which is I guess the common thread of the last few episodes, is you've got to work on that self-acceptance level. Um, I think Hado said it very well in the last episode. If you haven't heard it, go check it out towards the back end. FYI. But um, is that you've got to work on that self-acceptance and self-love because that will, will enable you to not chase over things for the wrong reason. So like um, it's so obvious to me people around me buying houses and doing things because – um, that's what's expected of them from society. So Sadhguru talks about the construct that we give ourselves turns us into slaves. <laughs> Modern yeah. day slaves. Modern day slaves. I mean, and, and I've, I've used that term quite a lot with people. Yeah, so the what he said was slavery um, is definition of he he cannot choose. choose. Yeah. He, he one who cannot choose. So in the absence of true choice um, and then, you know, Putting yourselves in in the in the realms of of, of, of what? Sorry, but that's modern day slavery, really, isn't well, it? Well, it, it's slavery, full stop. Yeah. When you don't, I mean, whether it's modern day or or, or you know past past days, I mean, have we succumbed so much to um, following some level of false hope or or, or 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 imagination that we're free? Well, the story that I like to. Spoke about was the spider and um, oh fuck that's gold. Uh, you know, as a spider, he you spins a web to tr- to capture something. Yeah, but we're we're spinning a web and capturing ourselves. Oh, so you know, you're a stupid spider, stu- <laughs> uh, which is incredible. You know, short story that yeah. encapsulates exactly what he was. You know, and you're trying to say right now. And and, and just sorry, can I just cut in? So just for there's a lot of lot of you that are listening that are not from Australia, and in, in particular here. Well, we got a few from India, and they'd know who who this dude is. Well, no, no, but I'm not talking about him, and a lot from the states. But uh, it ties into a a book that I, I think I've read the sort of summary before, but I read the Millionaire Next Door, Um, and one of the things that came up when I was when I was travelling is you know Millionaire Next Door, they do this, they do that. Typically, they own their own home. It's about three hundred and twenty thousand on average. And I was like, yeah, wow, because in in Australia, the you know the value of our, you know the a primary, like a middle range property compared to the average income. The multiple is pretty extreme compared to a lot of places in the world on, on average. So we're talking about, because we live in Perth and largely, let's say, what's an average income, Conrad? Like 70? Household yeah. average income is about 75,000. 75,000 and a mid range suburb around here is really at least yeah. 650. Uh, 400, I think, is still about the average. 400 is the yeah. average. Yeah. That's mortgage, right? So which means it's probably right, worth about mortgage. five or six hundred. Yeah, minimum. Yep. So like by comparison, our sort of the cost of living if we choose to be homeowners is generally pretty high. And that's why a lot of people do do that first homeowner thing, head to the outskirts, build the brand new house. But if you want to live Travel in a, three hours. If you want to live in a middle class suburb, you're looking at six, seven hundred minimum just to get a start. Yeah. So the number's pretty high, in particular on the areas that we're talking about. Um and that's not like we're not New York by any stretch, but also there's a there's a lot of 
places, for example, I know a lot of people listening from the States that are, would be in an area where they could buy a house for probably a pretty reasonable price compared to what rent would look like or, and, and as a multiple of their, their income. And I, and I get all of that stuff, but I mean, I, st- I still sit with, and this is the, the challenge. I mean, what are we do- if we can't take the biggest fucking opportunity, what are we fucking actually doing it for? And more importantly, what are we teaching people that are looking at us, be it our children, be it our family, be it our friends? Because we're all slaves. Well, it, it's obvious. We talked about it recently. It's uh, the insecurities. It's the expectations of others. It's um, it's easy you know, to be a slave, right? Yeah. Clearly it, it is. Fucking hell. Easier. I mean, you, you walk is. into it. It is well, easier. easier to be the sheep rather we, than we, the shepherd. We've all watched the Matrix trilogy. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, you know, at the end of the day, as we know, I mean, we are animals and we're tribal animals. And so we don't want to be excluded from the, the tribe. And if the tribe says that you should be buying a home, um, we're going to follow the, the, the tribe. Um, and, you know, our families are still big influences on, on, on who we become in society. I think it's evolving. It's changing slowly-ish. Um, but it's super fascinating, you know, I guess. Sure. To some degree, yes. Um, but that's where I was leading that. I mean, I'm 30 and watching, I guess, uh, whoa, now 3 0. Whoa. Um, late 20s. But even, even watching close colleagues of mine um, or friends follow down the same path of oh, go out and get a $700,000. Like now the mortgages, yeah, seven. I know friends who have a $700,000 mortgage. Like, yeah, no, it's, it's, I know. Uh, mine was bigger. My last one. Well, we're talking mortgages here. <laughs> That's yeah, that is. I am. That is golden handcuffs. That's crazy. Yeah, you think about how that does not let you think. Sorry, but unless you do the work prior and uh, put yourself in a position to to purchase that home, I guess, isn't it? Well, 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 I, I well and one of the challenges at the moment, and you probably agree with me here, is that in, in this current state, like I don't know whether that your parents would have talked about this or Conrad, you would have some exposure to it as well. But in the, I think it was mid eighties or perhaps early nineties, interest rates got to like 18%. Mm. And whereas at the moment we're in a very low interest rate level at a reserve bank level, at a bank level. And then obviously, and then we still have significant amount of suburbs in mortgage stress. Whereas if they had to pay 18% or even anywhere near that, even eight or 9%, they'd be crucified. My parents just paid the percent yeah. off for years. Yeah. The, the the numbers that I'm reading at the moment is that if Australia raised its interest rates by uh, 0. 0.2, 0. 0.5 or 0.75, thereabouts, um, 75% of people with mortgages would be in mortgage stress. Mm. Right, that's, 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 that's 70, cataclysmic. 75%. Yep. Yeah. That is and cataclysmic. That, that will, our, that will crucify... The property market. And what's the Reserve Bank at? Like two less. No, less, less, less. than that. So one percent. Yeah. Slavery. He cannot choose. <laughs> can you exactly well, right. But well, I guess like if if I can, and I think I remember we had a conversation over the Christmas break because I was doing my personal finances, which is um yeah, JB and I were working over the Christmas break. Didn't do a lot of haven't done I, a lot I was fishing. Haven't done a lot of that over the years. And I it was crazy when you record all your, I guess, your expenses and everything to realize maybe where all the, the money goes. And the fact that, 
you know, yeah, it's when, a massive revelation. What I, use, what I like to use, I um, I like to use my financial advisor, Inspired Money. <laughs> and I, I use their um, they have an app if you go find it, Inspired Money. There are also other apps. <laughs> the pocket pocketbook's not a bad one, but the, the oh. fact is, like he doesn't use pocketbook. <laughs> no, he doesn't. I was using their app. Um, the point of the point is, is like we've talked about. It's that whole idea of alcohols anonymous. You've got to acknowledge what's going on when you realize how much you're you're spending. You're like, you know, wow. Like, but you have the information. You got to have the information. And you make a choice, I guess. Um, and it's same with the the business. And obviously, with our group, we've encouraged everyone to have personal budgets. And obviously. Um, having your finances in order gives you a lot of mental freedom uh, and and capacity. And you can't make an adjustment until you acknowledge the the, the truth. Um, but I guess the the biggest, like as you said, what what is it um, where people get themselves into these situations? I mean, is it fear? Again, reading what I mean, we're listening to what he talks about and understanding um, how it made me feel. Um, I would suggest fear is probably I, I, I say fear, but it's probably even FOMO, fear of missing out. You know, people go and get houses because they think houses aren't going to become unaffordable, um, or they go out and do certain things because they feel like, well, shit, I've got to get a job now because I'm not going to get a, get a job later. Um, but what are you getting a job for and what's, and what's it going to enable you to do? You know, I don't think people look too far enough ahead to understand the, the why behind the decision-making process. Um, I, don't, I actually don't think it's even FOMO. I think it's FOPO. What's that? Fear of other people's opinions. Oh, yeah, well, I think it could be. It could. I mean, it's probably a bit of both. I mean, but fear leads both of those, right? Yeah, sure. But I'm saying, like, it's not actually missing out. I think, especially when that, like, if you're talking about that mortgage, yep. it's more about like, oh, what are people going to say if I don't? Yeah. Or try driving a Nissan Micra. Oh, oh mate, you I know? could don't. <laughs> the way the way you drive that car, I mean, it's it's kind of like it reminds me of a red Mustang with a beautiful woman in it. Yeah, <laughs> but. <laughs> Go and get your eyes checked, brother. I, I, that's why I didn't have my glasses on. I didn't say I had my glasses on. <laughs> I, can, I can honestly tell you that I've never seen a car like Travis's until Travis bought it. Oh, it and now I see too many of them. All it reminds me of. And I saw a few Nissan <laughs> Micros. Oh, oh, true. No, nothing. They don't look like his. The, uh, you, your true story can come out in a minute. <laughs> All it reminds me of is that big guy at the circus where he's driving around. <laughs> <laughs> no, no shit. Hanging out the window, you know. This is a true story. I was sitting at a job. Um, up in Joondalup and I was sitting there and it was an um, like a concert for elderly people and um, this these two elderly ladies they would have been in their 75 about 75 80 they're walking past and I was sitting in my car and they obviously didn't realize I was sitting there and the window was cracked down and they stopped and they're like oh this is a really cute little car isn't it I should get one of these <laughs> See, you're making one fundamental mistake, Hato. There's no sign writing on it. If you put sign writing on it, be like, oh, that's a great idea. Like, well done. <laughs> but, but sorry, I, sorry to hijack but that. I, but I guess the banter of this highlights the point of, I guess, what people are fearful of is the judgments of what of others, which is the FOPO piece. And, and, and the idea of sharing that story reminded me of um, a friend of ours' husband was talking to me when I first started my business and um, this was like two years in and um, look, I can't obviously comment because I drive my <laughs> wife's Honda Jazz. Um, it is black. It is black, which I'm grateful for. Sleek Jazz. Um, and do uh, mags? No, no, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, no, I don't, don't know. Just, don't know? just, just, just standard, standard rims. Standard, standard rims. Yeah, should upgrade. And, 
And um, I, I don't know, for whatever reason, I don't know what conversation we're having. He goes, oh, you made a comment around like, uh, you know, do your clients see you rock up in the in the in the jazz? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, oh no no, I'd be I'd be parking around the the corner and like, uh, you, you know, making sure that no one, actually no one saw you know it. And I thought that was just like, I was like, that doesn't change the way that anyone's going to do business with me whatsoever. And it was just. It just really struck me as a really interesting statement and conversation. So out of the four of us, if you bought all of our cars off us, you would have changed from 20 grand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I reckon you'd have changed from 10. How much is yours worth? Oh, I don't know. Five, uh, seven. Yeah, yeah, mine's worth four and a half, five. <laughs> yeah, that would be probably two or three. <laughs> it's a 2001, I think. It's like, well, oh, that's 2002. That's about the recording gear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. It's the, but, it's the last two bottles of wine and spirits. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing, though. The, the, this really, really does. If we want to learn the easy way, these are the types of questions we can really pose to ourselves and the people around us. Now, you two obviously wouldn't use Jesus. Um, Maddie and I might, might do it. But you know, if the biggest opportunity presented itself, why could you not take it? And 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 fucking journal on that shit and figure that shit out because. The, the, the idea of that happening is very real. Very real. Do you think if you do that and then realise that it is it is a FOPO piece um, that you've got to then start having the tough conversations with people? 100%. I mean... And we've got an episode of that, by the way. Yeah, well, well, I 100% agree with you. But again, you've got to be able to answer those questions before you can unlock the opportunity to see the, see the opportunities. Okay, so again... Do you learn? Do you get your driver's license before you practice? No, you don't. It's profound. All right. So if you sit with these things and, and allow your mind to go into these spaces, you'll start to see. Well, shit. What do I need to learn, or how do I need to orchestrate, or or learn the hard way, or learn through tragedy? You choose. But that that question itself is, you know. I can't wait for my mum to get back from holidays because I'm going to sit down with her over dinner one night and say, well, shit, mum, Jesus Christ oh. popped up here today. What are you going to do? Well, it's super interesting. So I, I've reflected before about how I've just come back from three weeks in the Pacific. and Well, and you, you're, you're, you're an adult convert, convert right? You, I, you I only got baptised when? You, a couple 20, years ago. Yeah, 90 a few years ago. Uh, so actually uh, uh, over 30 and did that for largely for my, for my kids yeah. and, and for, for those, those reasons. But um, I respect that, by the way. Yeah, and I, look, I made a decision and I had to – it's difficult as an adult convert and I, I haven't really spoken to other people about it, but I had to make a decision around what it meant to me, how it, how I could change my thinking or like my, my position on it all um, and and why. But, you know, coming back from three weeks in the Pacific on a, a magical little island, 270 square kilometres with 1,500 people living on it, I mean, largely, if you put that picture up in your head of what it would be like to live in your own little paradise island, you'd 85, 90% of it would be ticked off, right? The people that live there do a bit of work, earn a bit of money here and there, but also do a lot of work with the family. Um, they all own like family-based crops where they work together to and harvest what they need. Um, someone will fish and they'll use fish. They have everything they want. Um, and... The ironies, and and then the the way their property works is they they all are descendants of someone, and they all effectively have free family land that they own 
they then gradually over time save some money and build their house and improve their house and that's it. Now they live in a space where and, – and they're incredibly religious. Um, Sunday is still a genuine rest day. Um, you don't – you're not allowed well, to – Christianity? Um, Catholicism it, it, there's a lot of Catholicism. There's some Seventh Day Adventists. There's a few different forms. Well, yeah, the islands would have would have had. A there's a lot of amazing churches built on the on the islands, um, but everyone is still um, highly religious. On Sunday, you can't swim and fish in the main areas of the island. It's a genuine rest day, and it's because it's respected like across the board. It's it's a great experience. Everyone has lunch with the family and has an afternoon nap and has a proper rest day compared to what we do here, but. Uh, what I was reflecting on there is that they, they because of all of that, and even though they've got an abundance of wealth really of what we would all tend to call paradise and kind of the dream, they would be in a position to follow. They, they've got what they need. They don't overly value the material things, even though the material things are expensive there because it's hard to get the little things out there, like a $50 this or that or a you know, the bowl that they need or a new barbecue. Those things are expensive compared to what we would pay for them, but nothing matters. Like when, when the boat doesn't come in on time and the islands run out of butter, no one cares. Whatever, it comes next week. So, the, you know, there's a lot we, yeah, can, so, so the, lot the, the, we can learn from that. Yeah, exactly and they, right. they, so and they would be in a position. They would be in a position to follow if, the, if there was a reason to. And that's so, what so, we're talking about. So is that is that your point, Conrad, to, to try to simplify your life and allow yourself the flexibility to, uh, you know, following Jesus is probably extreme, yep. the extreme level of it, but allowing yourself the flexibility to take opportunities when they arise um, rather than, you know, having to go to the bank and sell your house and, you know, unmortgage yourself to enable yourself to follow or create an opportunity that you've always wanted. Well, selfishly, this this share and the discussion was all about, you know, largely the three of you guys, um, because it's a conversation that um, would have happened anyway. It would have happened anyway because of the reflection it gave me and the opportunity it gave me to have a conversation with the guys I was with, and the value I got from that conversation and the opportunity to sit there and share with you guys and say, okay, well, fuck. I mean, what's it going to take to put you guys in a position? to allow yourself to take the opportunity you need to take when they present themselves. Because until you put yourselves in that position, you're not going to see them. They become real fucking hard and hard. And, and they're around. They're around. But they're hard to see. Just a, a story on that in that regard. I think I mentioned to you, JB, again, I was on, on the island. And at one point, there was a bit of hectic sort of waves coming through and and we had the kids on this little sort of um, rock pool area and we're holding them above the water and then it just settled down a little bit and where we were walking around this reef area, I just put my snorkel on and popped my head underwater. Sea snakes, fish, all this amazing stuff and we were just all existing in the same area but at that point I had no awareness of it <laughs> until, I, yeah. until I popped my head right under in the exact same like you know tiny space there and as you say, without being in a position to take action, you aren't... You're not able to see the opportunities around you. So how do how do we put ourselves in a better position to see and then take the opportunities? I, th I think we've got to be very clear that we are surrounded by opportunity. Simple as that. We are we are simply surrounded by opportunity. Let me share you a story, and then we'll, we'll come back to what this story teaches you guys. There's a story of a drowning man. Have you heard this story before? Nope. Okay. Yep. You've you've heard it, Maddie. Yep. 
Um, it's some, some people share it as a joke. I mean, as a story, it's a joke. The story is about a drowning man. A man is drowning. He has no fear. Why? Well, this, this, this drowning man is, a very, is very religious. God will save me, he says. A man in a canoe comes by and offers the drowning man a life jacket. He says, no thanks, God will save me. Then a helicopter comes overhead. The crew throws a ladder down to help, this, uh, to help save the drowning man, but again the man says, no thanks, God will save me. Finally, a person swims out to the drowning man to save him, and the man says, climb on, climb on my back, I will swim, uh, swim you ashore. Of course, the drowning man still refuses and says, no thanks, God will save me. And so the man, um, the man that had come to save the drowning man returned to the shore. Sadly, the drowning man did drown. He went to heaven where he sees God. He says to God, I prayed every day and was a very religious man. I did everything the prayer books told me uh, to, do so, uh, to do. So I ask you, why did you let me drown? Then God replied, I sent a canoe, a helicopter and a man to bring you to shore and you refused their help. I think we could all learn something from this story. Um, I think because it tells me uh, there is a plan for us all and that there should always be, uh, we should always be prepared for the unexpected. We may rarely have the benefit of hindsight, but to understand what our plan really is. That's the question. I mean, that, that, that story there talks about that in itself. I mean, opportunities are around us and are always around us. But are we going to be open enough, humble enough, ready and prepared to take them? And if we're not, then what are we going to do to put us in that space? You know, what is it that... What are the opportunities, what are the things, if they presented themselves, what are they going to be that are going to allow us to live the life that we truly want? And that's, and that's freedom, right? It, it is freedom. I mean, what's the opposite of slavery? It's being free. So if we, if we are all slaves at the moment, what's going to allow us to be free? Forget financially free, but just free. Free to think, free to live, free to do, free to, free to, to, to be the, the creative beings that we are to live the lives that we choose to live. What, what's it going to take? Because if we're, not, if we're not in a position to do that now, then, uh, Hannah, you, you, we can talk about legacy. Are we truly living a life that people can live by or, or aspire to live? No, like, we're not. I mean, look, doesn't mean elements of legacy won't exist, but no, you... you the more and more that that fear is in play, and I think that's what that these things breed, these attachments, these you know mortgages. And I'm not I'm not against debt by any means, but it's that's what a you know the common. But 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 the, the, the issue with debt is is it serving you or are you serving that's it? That's right. And so like mortgage, a mortgage on your home is really you serving it. Yeah. Um, a mortgage for the right. Let's say margin lending on on a, on a quality stock portfolio that's making money is it's working for you. Massively different. It, it's, 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 yeah, it should very be. different. Yeah, so that they're, they're two very different things. So it's not debt that, or for example, that's a problem. But it, it's um, have you created these structures where you are forced to do to yeah. realize X so, to, to survive so is, X? So what is what are the structures you've created? And this is the way you need to get to. What are the structures you've created that are giving you the the thought processes and the behaviours that you're having to substantiate to live the life of a slave. And the undoing of that is the answer to where you free yourself. Say that again. What are the structures you've given yourself, i.e., I need to wear that suit, I need to have that job, I need to go to that school, I need to drive that car, I need to live in that house, um, you know, or, you know I, need to have, I need to marry that woman, I need to travel the, this planet. I need, whatever whatever the, the constructs you've given yourself... 
how are they serving you or how is it disserving you? And if it's disserving you, how do you take back control? Constructs not as not only as material aspects, it's behaviours, but yeah, more the as well as emotional yeah. constructs as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, the the inner work, the the stuff that sits inside us that you know that has us feeling jealous if we're not driving that car, because that still happens to me. Or getting jealous? Yeah, of course I do. You know, even though I've made the decision not to, I still sit with that and think, well, shit, I, I want to drive that. You know, I still have that thought. It doesn't sit with me long, but I still have that thought. But then it's okay to have your, you know, things that I guess you enjoy that aren't... If, if, it, if it stops you from taking the opportunity that you need to take, then no, it doesn't, it doesn't serve you. That's a fallacy. I think it's you said it. It's doing the all I come back to is when you what you were just saying is you've got to do the inner work on yourself and you've got to delve inwards and look inwards to identify. Because I think the like even on that aspect of what you just said, I, there's nothing wrong with having that thought and being jealous. No, right, exactly. Like right. you know, there's by all means like that's okay and that's gonna happen. I think the it's difference, the letting go of it is understanding, well, why would I want that car? Yeah. You know, and it's like if, if I want that nice car for the thrill of driving it, because in that moment when I'm driving it's fucking phenomenal, that's okay. But if you're using it as a tool to try to validate who you are and you go out to get a loan for $4,000 a month and tie yourself down, then that's not going – That's it. That's not serving you. That's it. And that takes a lot of work and that might be a five-year journey for you. That might be yeah. a 10-year journey for you. Might be longer because if you've got these things already in place, like that doesn't mean you can walk away like from I see it. it all the time, man. I see people coming to my office and saying, oh, shit, I've just got a, I've just got a, um, a, a staff. I've just packaged up a motor vehicle. I'm thinking, why the fuck would you do that? Why would you package up a car? And I say this to clients and they look at me like I'm a ghost. I'm thinking you could package up putting money into your superannuation fund. Where the money goes for your future. Oh, but it's a it's a it's a tax deduction. Well, it's it's not a fucking tax deduction. Still got to spend the it's money. It costs you money. <laughs> yeah, when you can buy a little Nissan Micra. Let's I mean, let's understand the Earth governments Brown. and fuck this, right? The governments actually w- win when you work. We get that. We understand that, right? The governments win when you work. You pay taxes, you generate GST, all of that shit. The government needs you to fucking work. I'm saying to you, aim for being fucking free. And, I mean, it comes back to what we've talked about, even if you were going to start your own business and understanding why you're doing what you're doing. Um, Because even then, you can build a business and be tied down with all the responsibility with it and hate it. Yep. You know, you have 10 staff that you now have to pay every month that you're now tied to and you fucking... If it, but if it gets you out, if it gets you out of the matrix, it gets you out of the matrix, right? Gets you out of the matrix. Don't start that conversation. Well, in the words of uh, Mel Gibson, freedom. <laughs> 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 but come on, I mean, <laughs> but that's I'm I'm massive on this at the moment. I am massive on I this. I did wonder moment. why you wore that blue zinc. 
<laughs> Rose <laughs> Gibson, <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> I'm they can take me. <laughs> I'm a, I, you he guys, wears blues ink every day. I'm challenging <laughs> you three, right? I, mean, the, I don't care if no one listens to this episode. I'm what challenging you? you three. Are you, are you out? You're you challenging out everyone that's listening to this as well. If they're listening to this, yeah, I'm challenging anyone that's listening, but I've, I've got you three here. This was a personal conversation. I said, well, let's put it on the mic. That's what it's about. Are you out of the Matrix? I believe I am. I honestly believe I am. Um, I don't own anything, man. You own a nice bottle you, of wine. You do, but No, I don't. <laughs> you don't own a business. No, you don't own a business. No. Not technically, His no. His mum does. Do you control a business? Yeah, I do. <laughs> but, but, okay, so... Let me let me let me say this. If I sold everything, if I sold everything, yeah, you're out. So so if Jesus Christ appeared and I want to go hang out with the dude, I'm gone. I'm done. But many people could, and sell. it wouldn't take me too fucking long to say yes. You'd still be in the queue at the bank unless you had the priority line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what bank? I don't fucking have anything to a bank. No, but if you had to sell out. I owe nothing to a bank. Or someone, you buy it. You'd have to sell, you'd that have money to, would go to a bank. No, you could run in the bank, the bank, I could still go. Money, yeah. No, you'd have to sell it go. to a bank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the only buyer. But that's what I'm saying, guys. Like, <laughs> yeah. it, it, it becomes a fucking freeing thought and the decisions you can make from that space. Imagine stepping up. Any of you guys play? Well, we all played cricket growing up. Well, I mean, baseball is another analogy, right? See, we should play cricket. Ste- stepping idea. up. Oh, fuck, no, I'll knock you out. <laughs> um, good luck. You wouldn't be able stepping to up to anyway. stepping yeah. up. Fucking knock you out. I'll knock you out. That's not boxing. And having out. a free hit, having a free hit at cricket. All right, you'd swing harder. Mm. Always, but always. Well, look you, at it. watch the watch the big bash. Like yeah, they get so a free you, hit. So you yeah. swing harder. Have you got nothing to lose? Exactly yeah. right. And so when you free, when you set yourself well, up with nothing to lose, and the, the the decisions you can start making are fucking phenomenal. And that's where, like, I think, which has been foremost in um, our proximity of challenging everyone to have budgets, and I can definitely, I'm definitely convert now, is that the mental freedom and the psychological, uh, yeah, even the psychological freedom you have by knowing where all your numbers are at is just off the the charts. Um, And that's where, which didn't really talk about in the last episode, but we brought up um, the the medium post of Sahail Lavina. um, And he talked about running a business, uh, firstly, without a profit. You know, there's a a section in there, know your numbers. Know your numbers. (laughs) Always run a business at a profit. Um, and in some respects, you should treat your personal life like a business. Um, run in it. some respects, fuck. In some every respect. It's you, mate. You are the business. Run it as a profit. <laughs> you no. just haven't got the team yet underneath. That's, See, got that's the, it. Tony Robbins will tell you 80% of business success depends largely on the owner. On the owner, which means you, 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 and Buffett over here, wherever he's gone. But family success also is significantly improved when you treat it a little bit like a business. Branson says, treat your business like a family, your family like a business. And, and there couldn't be a truer word spoken. Could not be a truer word spoken. How many people own fucking houses that they have just for fucking storage space? Yet we three know, or we four know, you wouldn't go any more than what you need to on a square metre because you pay for the fucking air. But yet we'll go and get a four by three. Why? Because, oh, just in case someone wants to come and stay. Fuck them. <laughs> Pay for their fucking lodging. It'll be cheaper than paying the interest. It sure would, yeah. Put them up anywhere. Ritz what? Carlton. I don't, mate. I've got a small house. I don't entertain. If I want a big party, I'll go and rent a fucking place. It's cheaper 
And you can get like you can go rent a private jet and just have it sit on the tarmac for a couple of days and take some Instagram <laughs> photos. Yeah. It's cheaper. I'm, you know, it, it is so freeing. Just treat your business like a family and your family like your business. You know, Richard Branson. I've I've sat with that for years, and and that's taught me so much. I think at the end of it, though, like everything we talk about. Well, your finances, you just reversed the, the whole conversation we had last year for a year. You've now just put into your family household. Yeah. But the other layer to it is that you've, you've got to do the inner work to be comfortable with who you are and, like, learn to get over the your insecurities, which is a journey in itself. It really is a journey in itself. Um, because... But we're always only ever compensating, JB. Sorry? We're, only, we're always only ever compensating. When, yeah, you figure, exactly. when you figure out what you're compensating from. If you've got to have, which is where you've got to get to the level of having the awareness, right? Yeah. And you'll still make some mistakes. Like I'm not saying like by all means I've got it figured out. I'm going to make some fucking mistakes in the next couple of years. They'll be different and they'll teach you different things. No doubt. I'm going to buy shit that I shouldn't buy. <laughs> but at least if you can have the somewhat the awareness, you can make some maybe better choices. Because we're all going to fuck up. We're all going to fail, right? But as long as it's failing this way and not this way or this way. So you can't say that, but vertically. Vert- <laughs> not upwards, not horizontally. Not- Sorry, I'm still getting used You're to this me- medium uh, of podcasting. After <laughs> 90 episodes, yeah. still getting used to it. 93 episodes of something ridiculous. Oh, mate, I still don't watch TV, so I don't know what the fuck this is. Um, <laughs> don't have yeah. to use an iPad either. So, so it's the start of the year. It's a conversation I want to have with you guys. It's a focus I want to, I want, I want to give you to work on this year, the three of you, because I do have very, very in-depth conversations away from this podcast. But if the biggest decision, the biggest opportunity of your life presented itself, what are you doing right now to be able to take it? All right? And if there's nothing else you work on this year, that's the one I want you to sit with. But if you're working on a few other things, throw that one in the mix. (laughs) (laughs) Reach out and have an in-depth conversation with one of us four. I love love having conversations with... um Different people about different stuff. So yeah. yeah, for sure. Subscribe, like, share, comment. Don't throw things at your <laughs> colleagues because it's not nice. So the big question is, would you follow Jesus? I fucking would. <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't you, man? Nah, of course. Jesus, I mean, I mean Jesus. <laughs> I'd follow Jesus. Do not use the Lord's name in vain. If you got if you got in the proximity of people like Jesus Christ, for I mean I should I mean, swear. Not, but if, would you know it? If he Einstein, rose from the dead, you'd, you'd do it again, right? <sighs> Knowing how much I love literature uh, and and the, the teachings. Was it all true? Uh, it's a, mate, if, he appears, right. if he appears again, I think he's validated it. <laughs> <laughs> he already has. <laughs> I, I did say, I did say that I'll never be a married man because all prophets I know were never married, so... That's that's the goal. <laughs> who did you, you say it to? A lot of married people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think it's out of control. All right, people. Wrap this one up. Yeah, thanks. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Um, hopefully we don't have to retitle this because the last time we talked about Jesus, no one wanted to put Jesus in the title. Um, but thank you for entertaining the conversation. Hopefully I've left you three and maybe one other person who's listening um, with some thoughts. Uh, I really, really... Can't wait to see the results of an epic year uh, from those that are listening and particularly you three around me. Um, I really uh, take a lot from what you guys do. Um, So, challenge is on. 
Thank you and bye for now. Cheers. Peace. Ciao. Thanks for listening to the Simple Minds podcast. If you like our show and want to know more, then check out our website at simplemindspodcast.com. If you like, you can even leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share this episode with a friend. The Simple Minds podcast is also on Facebook, Insta, and for those that like to keep things formal, LinkedIn. So follow us there if you want to keep up with the latest updates from the show. See you next week.